Well, good morning and welcome to Orchard Church. I also want to welcome those who will be watching online. Great to have you guys here today. Take out your Bibles right now if you would or your mobile devices. Turn to John chapter 16, verse 33. That's where we'll begin in just a moment as today we're kicking off a four-week brand new series called Reasonable Doubts. As you're finding your way there uh, this morning, John 16, let me just give you a quick update. Uh, Last uh, night on Saturday night, we had our first of four Saturday services in a row. We're doing kind of a trial basis, praying about potentially adding a Saturday service on a regular basis in the fall. We had over 600 people last night at our first Saturday service. So can we give God some praise for that? We had um, 10 or 12 people that said yes to Jesus uh, last night as well. We celebrate that. That's the most important thing of all. Um, This is our 10 o'clock service, as you know. Uh, This is our largest service most Sundays. Uh, This is where first-time guests tend to come for the first time. So I want to encourage some of you to consider trying Saturday night. That's why we're doing this trial. And I think you're going to love it. Man, it was an incredible atmosphere last night. It was just an amazing night. And so if you'd be willing to try it for the next three weeks, Saturday night, 5 o'clock, it'll free up some seats in here. You can live on mission to help people find and follow Jesus. And then you could pray and consider about maybe that becoming your regular service in the fall. You're going to be hearing me say that a lot, the 10 o'clock service, because this is the service that we continue uh, to see packed out each and every week. And so it's just one way to live on mission. So give it a try uh, next Saturday night at five o'clock. Would you help me out with this this morning, uh, Orchard? Uh, Say this with me nice and loud, 10 o'clock service. God is good. good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Do you believe that, church? Oh, you guys are going to say that. I believe that part. (laughs) Can we give God some praise? We believe that, that God is good all the time, all the time. God God is good. That that is an important thing for us to remember as we launch this new series called Reasonable Doubts. These are questions that that are reasonable that we all have at times about God or about our faith. I'll tell you what's going to happen the the next few weeks. Next week, we're going to answer the question uh, that we sometimes ask, is God even listening? I'm praying. I'm asking God for some things. It doesn't seem like he's paying attention. It doesn't seem like he's listening. Uh, The third week of the series, we're going to answer the question, where is God? Uh, There are times in our lives that we go through things we feel like we're not experiencing the presence of God like maybe we have at other times in our life. And so we say, you know, where where are you, God? I'm not not feeling you. I'm not sensing you right now. The last week we're going to close out with this question. Can God use me with all my failures, with all my flaws, um, with all my scars? Could God use me? You're going to be very encouraged by that last message in our series. Today, we're kicking off this series with one of the number one questions that people ask at some point in their life. Maybe some of you are even asking this question in your life right now based on circumstances and things you're going through. And it's this question, why does God allow bad things to happen? If you've ever asked that question, say yes. You know, why does God allow bad things to happen? Sometimes we ask it this way. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Or God, this doesn't seem fair. Why is this happening, God? And these are reasonable questions, reasonable doubts that we sometimes have. You're not weird or crazy if you have these questions. As you read your Bible, you're going to find that a lot of people in the Bible had some difficult, challenging questions to ask God. And here's the thing. I believe our God is big enough to handle our deepest questions. That God can handle our our questions. We just came off of Easter, Resurrection Weekend. We celebrated the fact that Jesus is alive. And right after that happened 2,000 years ago, the disciples were going around and telling some people about it. And they came to one man that was a disciple of Jesus. He hadn't seen him yet after he had resurrected. His name was Thomas. You remember this story? And Thomas said, I don't believe it. I don't believe he's risen from the dead. I won't believe it until I see him myself. He had some questions. He had some doubts. We call him Doubting Thomas. You read about other heroes in the faith, in, in the Bible. 
Bible that had a lot of questions that they had that they asked God at times. You think about Abraham and Moses and Jeremiah had questions that they asked God. David asked a lot of questions of God in the Psalms. He asked questions like, God, why don't you punish my enemies? Why don't you deliver me? Uh, Why don't I feel your presence in my life right now? I felt it before, God. God, this doesn't seem fair. I, I don't understand it. And you can, and I can relate to this at times, reasonable questions, reasonable doubts that we have. Today, we, it would sound like this. We say today, we ask God this question, why are there starving kids in the world today? God, that doesn't seem fair. We don't get it. Why do you allow that to happen? Why are there diseases? Why do natural disasters happen? Why do tragedies take place? And then sometimes we make it very personal and we say things to God. We ask God this question, God, why was I abused? Why is my marriage struggling when other marriages seem to be doing better? Why have my kids gone astray? Why am I facing these health challenges? Why can't we ever make ends meet financially? It seems like we can financially never get ahead. God, why have you allowed some of these bad things to happen? And what can take place in our life, and it's happened in my life at times, if we're not careful, we can begin to think, you know, if God is all loving, like the Bible says, and God is all powerful, like the Bible says, but we still sometimes experience bad and difficult things, then either God doesn't care or God doesn't exist at all. And these are reasonable doubts that people have. And I'm gonna tell you today, I hope you'll take some notes on the back of your newsletter. This is not an easy, simple message. This is not one where I'm gonna give you three points and a a poem and we're all gonna go home happy and everything is settled. These are hard questions to answer, and I believe there are some questions that we'll not be, answer, be able to answer this side of heaven till we get there one day. But my goal today would be this, to point you to the one who one day can and will answer all of our questions, and that is a God who is good all the time, and all the time, he is good. That's, that's the context of what I, I want to set today. But let, let's begin to answer this question the best we can biblically. Why does God allow bad things to happen? Let me give you four possibilities if you're taking notes this morning. Four possibilities. Why does God allow bad things to happen? Number one, maybe you're a victim of a broken world. Maybe something bad has happened in your life because you're just a victim of the broken world that we all live in. You go to the beginning of the Bible and you start out, Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, God created everything and he created man and he created created woman. Their name was Adam and Eve. And he created them perfect. He created them without sin. He created them to live forever and have fellowship with God and populate the earth with other people that would worship and fellowship with God. There would be no sickness. There would be no pain. There would be no tears, no loss, no sorrow. That was before you get to Genesis chapter 3 when they disobeyed God. Because you remember God put them in the garden, the garden of Eden, this perfect paradise. God gave them a Bible. Their Bible was very small. Adam and Eve's Bible only had two verses in it, one to do and one not to do. He said, be fruitful and multiply, have a lot of babies, and don't jack with that tree right there. That's my version of it, okay? I I paraphrase that a little bit. But what did they do? They decided to do things their way instead of God's way. They disobeyed God and they sinned. And because of sin, their fellowship with God was broken. And because of their sin, sin has been passed on to every human being ever to live since then. We live in a fallen, broken world because of our sin, because we as mankind chose to disobey God. So sometimes bad things happen in our life because we're just victim of living in a broken world. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Jesus reminded us of this in John chapter 16, verse 33. Here's what Jesus said. We'll also put it on the screen for you. He said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. 
He says, in me, in your relationship with me, you're going to have peace. You're going to have fulfillment and satisfaction. That's good news because here on earth, you might have some trials. Is that what it says? No, no, he doesn't say you might or you may. He says, Jesus says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Can anyone give a testimony to that? He says, listen, you better find your peace and satisfaction in me because on this earth, here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. We, we just sang about that. J- Jesus didn't say that, you know, everything's going to be perfect. If you follow me, you're never going to have a bad day. Jesus didn't say you're never going to have a headache. You're never going to get flipped off when you're driving your car with your orchard sticker on it. You're never going to get a zit right before prom. I think this was prom weekend for some schools. Your cat is never going to swallow a furball and puke on your sofa. There's the token cat joke for today. No, Jesus said, you better find your peace in me because on this earth, we're going to face many trials. And sometimes bad things just happen because we are victim of a broken world. It's not anybody's fault. It just happened. Let me tell you a story about that that took place in my life about two years ago. And I'm going to start out uh, with the end result, the picture, and then I want to tell you the backstory how I ended up like this in the hospital having to have surgery. That's my daughter there, uh, Caitlin, taking care of her dad. I apologize if this offends anyone that your pastor uh, doesn't have a shirt on in this picture. Can we do something about that, guys? All right, there you go. That's a little better. feel a little better about it now. But... um, I had an accident that I ended up in the emergency room and then I ended up having surgery. Let me tell you how this happened. Because at the time I was like, God, why did this happen to me? I don't get this, I don't understand it because we were just getting ready to leave for a 14 day trip to Israel, to the Holy Land, to God's land. We were leading a group from our church to Israel and this happened to me a week before we were supposed to leave for the trip. And I'm like, God, why did this happen? Let me tell you what went down. Now this story involves myself and our Spanish pastor, Marcial. So you know this is going to be good, okay? Marcial and I, we, we, during the summer, we like to ride our mountain bikes, and we love to ride on the Platte River Trail, and it goes all the way downtown, and so we'll start up here in our area, and we'll ride, you know, 10, 12, 14 miles downtown. We'll get something to eat, get something to drink, hang out downtown a little bit, and then we'll ride back. And so a couple of years ago in the summer, we hadn't been able to ride for a couple of weeks, so we, we had it planned out on a Wednesday night. We're going to go ride tonight. We were all excited. Weather looked beautiful, and you know how it sometimes happens in the summer here in Colorado. You'll have that late afternoon thunderstorm and so this thunderstorm comes up and it just starts pouring down rain and so my wife Shelly says to me oh looks like you're not going on a bike ride tonight and I'm like yeah I'm kind of bummed well Marcial calls me and I said yeah it's not looking good it's raining he goes he goes no man it's gonna pass he said we need to go downtown and check it out you know only how Marcial can do that you know and I'm like, well, let me, let me, let me see. So I, I get off the phone. I tell Shelly, I think we're going to, I think it's going to pass and we're, we're going to, we're going to try and go anyway. And she's like, I don't think that's a good idea. And we're, and so anyway, the, the storm ends and it clears up and I'm like, see, it's good. So we ride our bikes. We ride all the way downtown. The weather's great. We get something to eat and then we're getting ready to come back and another thunderstorm pops up and it starts dumping rain. And so we have to wait about 30 minutes. We're not going to ride in the rain. We're smarter than that. It's the only part of the smart part of this story. And so we waited out, and now everything's wet, but it's not raining any longer. I'm looking on my phone at the radar. Hey, we're clear. We can make the ride. It's about, you know, 45-minute ride back to my truck. 
And so we start riding. We get within about 10 minutes of my truck. And again, everything is still wet. And there's a bridge that we have to cross. And we, and we go and we got to take a sharp left. And it's starting to get dark. It's starting to get cold. We're, we're kind of in a hurry. And so I come around the corner and my bike hits the wet bridge. It's just wet wood. And it fl- I mean, it's like I hit an ice rink. My bike flies out from under me. My hands never even left the handlebar. It happens so fast. Boom, my left sh- shoulder just crashes into the bridge. Marcial's behind me. And he comes up he's like are you okay and I'm like now I've broken bones before and I know when I'm hurt and I'm not hurt and I felt something pop and I knew I'd either tore my rotator cuff or I'd broken my collarbone I mean it it was bad and I'm like no man I'm I'm sorry he's like well can you move it and I so I'm like I do like this and, and I move it and he goes oh if you can move it you're okay it's not broken I'm like are you a doctor or what and I said, no, man, when I did that, I heard crunching. And I mean, and pain shot throughout my, my shoulder. And so I said, listen, I can't ride my bike. I can't move it anymore. And I'm, now I'm getting lightheaded. I'm like kind of getting shocked. And so I said, here's my truck keys. You go get the truck. I'm going to wait right here on the side of the road. You know where I'm at. Pick me up. It's only about a 10-minute ride. And so he grabs the keys, and he takes off, and he's pedaling, you know. And he's headed to the truck. And I mean, he's, he's like worried about his pastor now. Now, let me just say this. Um, Marcial may tell this story as well today in Orchard Latino. It may be completely different than what I'm telling you. He's like, I carried Pastor Doug on my shoulder. No, he didn't. So he, he gets on the bike and he takes off. And so I'm like, okay, he should be to the truck in about 10 minutes. Should be here to pick me up in about five. So 15 minutes goes by, no Marcial. 20 minutes goes by, no Marcial. I call him on his cell phone. I'm like, where are you, man? And I mean, my shoulder's starting to throb and I'm lightheaded. And he said, man, I can't find the truck. I'm like, what do you mean you can't find the truck? He's like, yeah, I think somebody stole it. And he's serious. And I'm like, this could not get any worse. And I'm like, well, keep looking. Nobody stole the truck. And, and so uh, 30 minutes goes by, 45 minutes goes by, still no more sale. I call him again. He's like, man, I've been riding for 30 minutes. I'm like, you've passed the truck. Turn around. You're lost. And so uh, about an hour goes by. I try to call him again to see if he found the truck. Now he's not answering his phone. Now I'm getting worried about Martial. I'm like, okay, what is, maybe he's fallen. Maybe he's been captured. Maybe he's going to get deported. <laughs> We're going to lose our Spanish pastor. And now I'm starting to shiver. I'm starting to shake. I'm like, I can't just keep standing here. And so I'm holding my arm. I can't move this arm without excruciating pain. So I have my bike in this hand. I'm holding uh, my arm like this. And I walk back to the truck about two miles it takes about 30, 45 minutes to get there. I get to the truck. Marcial is still nowhere to be found. I'm freaking out. Now I'm more worried about him. By this point, I had finally called Shelly, and I said, you're not going to believe what happened. I told her, she goes, I told you not to go out to, you know. It's like, thanks for the encouragement. Just come get me. And so I said, I, I can't find Marcial. He's lost. I'm worried about him. She shows up. I called the police because I'm like, I don't I think something's happened to him. So she shows up. The police show up. About the time the police show up, Marcial comes riding up. Hey, guys. He's like, yeah, I missed the truck. It was dark. I couldn't see it. And it was like, oh, my goodness. You've got to be kidding me. And so I ended up going to the emergency room, found out I had shattered my collarbone. Uh, this was uh, happened on Wednesday night. Um, I'll go to the doctor on Friday. They schedule surgery for Monday, get a plate and nine screws, and then we left for Israel uh, four days later, and I did the whole, whole trip. But I remember the whole time, you know, in a sling thing, God, why did this happen? This doesn't make sense. And uh, Shelly's like, you know, sometimes things just happen. Sometimes we're just a victim of a broken world. It was nobody's fault. 
except maybe Martial's. But other than that, it was, it was nobody's fault. Sometimes things just happen because we're victims of a broken world. Why does God allow bad things to happen? One, we're, we may be victim to a broken world. Here's number two, a second reason. Maybe you brought it on yourself. And this is a hard one to swallow, but if we're honest and we're keeping it real, sometimes bad things happen in our life because we've brought it on ourselves. You've probably been there. I have certainly been there. Uh, Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you, help me out, church, plant. You're always going to harvest what you plant. You've heard it this way. We reap what we sow. We can't make bad decisions and expect for there to be good results. That's what Paul says. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Now, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. When you make good decisions, you harvest good things. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. But we've got to keep it real and we've got to be honest, Orchard, that there's times in our life we're asking God, why did you allow this bad thing to happen? Why am I going through this? I don't get it. I don't understand. And God's going to be like, you brought it on yourself. You made some decisions. I mean, let's say you go to a party and things get a little out of hand and somebody gets out the beer bong and you do your 10th beer bong at the party and you decide to get in your car and you get pulled over by the police and you get arrested for DUI and they put you in jail and you're sitting in jail and you're crying out to God, why did this happen to me, God? I don't get to understand. You know what God's going to say to you? Because thou didst drinketh their tenth beer bongest, you are in jaileth. <laughs> we reap what we sow. You brought it on yourself. We have to accept that sometimes God allows bad things to happen because we've made bad decisions. I see this happen a lot of times with people financially. You got some guy, he's driving a $60,000 car, paying a $1,000 a month car payment, living in an apartment for $800 a month, making $30,000 a year, and he can't figure out why he can never get ahead financially. You brought it on yourself. This is why at Orchard, one of our values is we act our wage by giving first, saving second, and then living contently on the rest. I go back to my broken collarbone story. Shelly, this is her side of the story. Um, you know, why, why did that happen? She would say, you brought it on yourself. I told you not to go. We've been married 25 years, and my wife, I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to figure it out. My sweet little wife, Shelly, she's so sweet in the way she says things. She's so gracious, but she, she's very truthful. She says, you know, Doug, if you would listen to me more, you would be right more. Oh, I hate that. And she's like, I told you not to go out in the rain. You brought it on yourself. So why, why do bad things happen? Why does God allow sometimes some bad things to happen? Well, one, maybe it's just because we're a victim of a broken world. Two, maybe we've brought it on ourselves. Here's a third possibility, biblically. Maybe God wants to do something big in your life. Is that possible, church? Maybe God has allowed something to happen that you would say now is bad, but God is wanting to do something big in our life. I want to take you to a great story about this. You're in the book of John, uh, chapter 16. Turn back to the left just a few chapters to John, chapter 9. Uh, John, chapter 9, verse 1. And this is a story about a man who was born blind. He's an adult now in this story, and he's probably wondered his entire life, why did this happen to me? Why was I born blind? His mom, his dad, his friends and family members have probably wondered all of their life, why did God allow this guy, of all people, to be born blind? Well, he's about to find out the answer why. 
And it says in John chapter 9, verse 1, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, which means teacher, his disciples asked him. So the disciples see this man that's been born blind, and they're asking, why did this happen? This doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem fair. God, why did you allow this to happen to this guy? Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Notice what they're doing. They're trying to blame somebody. Somebody messed up. Somebody sinned. This is punishment. And they're about to find out this had nothing to do with punishment. God allowed this to happen because God is about to do something supernatural. God is about to do something big in this guy's life. Jesus answers. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. God allowed this guy to be born blind. Now he's an adult, he meets Jesus, and he's about to find out why God allowed this to happen. Because watch what Jesus does. Jump down to verse 6. It says, Jesus, he then spat, spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So, Siloam means sent. So the man went, and he washed, and he came back. How, church? He came back seeing for the first time in this man's life he could finally see. Jesus healed him and opened his eyes. You can only imagine the effect this would have had on this man. You can only imagine the effect this would have had on his mom, on his dad, on his friends, on his neighbors, on his coworkers, on his brothers and sisters. Oh, my goodness, you've been born blind. You've been blind all of your life, but now you can see because of Jesus. If you read the rest of the story uh, later maybe today you're going to find out that this guy begins to be a follower of Christ and some of his family members follow Christ and they're like Jesus is incredible Jesus is supernatural Jesus can do miracles Jesus is amazing and now probably for the first time in their life they understood why God allowed this to happen because God wanted to do something big in this guy's life orchard is it possible that God might allow something bad to happen in your life because he wants to do something big it's absolutely possible it's absolutely possible. Something that you don't understand doesn't make sense now. God may be wanting to do something big. Let me encourage you with this thought. Get it in your notes this way. God may have a purpose in the middle of our pain. God may have a purpose to do something big in the middle of our pain. I believe this with all my heart, that our Heavenly Father, God, never wastes our suffering. He never wastes our suffering. He may want to do something big. I've shared this story before, but I, I want to share a part of it again when I first went into ministry, I was a student pastor, and then I moved to Indiana, and I became a pastor of a small kind of country church in Indiana. Uh, this church had been around for about 50 years, and I became the pastor the day after my 30th birthday, and I pastored that church for about six years. But it was a church that was steeped in tradition, and it was pretty conservative. I used to preach every Sunday in a full suit and tie, which is why I never preach in a suit and tie now. I did my time. Okay, but that's how conservative this church was. And, and I realized, because you guys know my heart, is to go and make disciples, to help people find and follow Jesus. And I realized our message of the gospel is not going to change, but our methods have to change if we're gonna be relevant in this community. And so I started trying to make changes little by little. And after about six years, finally the church, uh, there was a faction in the church of people that said, you know, we don't wanna change anymore. They were more concerned with keeping their traditions than life transformation. And I, I said, well, no, we've got to keep doing these things if we're going to reach people for Christ. And it came to the point where they came to us and they said, we don't want you here anymore. You're not welcome here anymore. We don't want you to be our pastor any longer. And I stepped down. It was one of the most challenging, difficult, depressing, discouraging 
defeating times in my life, in Shelly's life. We had a young family. Our kids were very young at that time. I didn't know where my next job was. I didn't know what my next paycheck was. I didn't know if God even still wanted me in ministry. And for about three months, I just, man, poured into the word of God and in prayer and said, God, why have you allowed this to happen? What, what are you trying to show me? Am I supposed to be in ministry or not? And to make a long story short, it was during that season of three months that God led us to Colorado and God led us to plant a church 13 years ago called the Orchard Church. And what I didn't realize then is God had something really big in store. Can we give God some praise for that Orchard Church? And I realize now that God had something big. And speaking of something big, we left these crosses up today because we, we want to celebrate that last Easter weekend alone, 220 people here at Orchard Church said yes to Jesus, and they lit a light bulb to represent that. God had something big. And if that had not happened in my life in Indiana, we would have never moved here. This church would have never been started. Sometimes God allows bad things to happen in our life because he wants to do something big. Something beyond what we could even ever, I mean, I never could have imagined what God had planned in this community for the kingdom's sake. And I want to be sensitive to you guys because I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I'm sure some of you are facing things that, that, that I've never faced or will face that I, I can't even identify fully with. But maybe, just maybe, is it possible that what you don't understand right now, what doesn't make sense, what doesn't seem fair in your life right now, that maybe God has got something big in store. Don't quit. Don't give up before you miss the blessing that may be waiting for you. Amen? Amen. It's reasonable to have these kinds of doubts. It's reasonable to ask these kind of questions. Why does God allow bad things to happen? Maybe it's just because we're victims of a broken world. Maybe it's because we brought it on ourselves. if we're honest. Maybe God has something big in store. I've given you three maybes. Let me give you one more, but this isn't a maybe. This is a for sure. Why does God allow bad things to happen? For sure, God is doing something in you, not to you. God wants to do something in you when you go through trials and difficulties, not to you. James, the writer of James, said this in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 3. He said, Dear brothers and sisters, he's speaking to believers, when troubles come your way, consider an opportunity for great what? Joy. Wait, how can we be joyful and happy when we face troubles? Here's how we can do that. For you know, for sure, that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to what, church? Grow. That when we face trials and difficulties and challenges, it's an opportunity for our faith to grow, our relationship and walk with the Lord to grow. The truth is this, that in a supernatural way, the more pain that you and I endure, the more our faith has an opportunity to grow. And we have an opportunity to understand, like James said, that, that God is not trying to do something to us. God is trying to do something in us. And we can know that no matter what we face. That's the truth. And here's what's true of all of us. Whether you're a believer in Jesus Christ or not, maybe you're here today and you're just beginning your spiritual journey and you're, you're not even sure what you believe and we're so thrilled to have you here and we'll meet you right where you are in your, your spiritual journey. But, but this is true of all of us, whether we're a follower of Jesus or not, that we can look back at something in our life that at the time we would say was very bad, that God allowed to happen, Something bad that happened in our past that we didn't like, that we didn't understand, it didn't seem fair. But now we would look back at it on the other side of it and we'd say, you know what? That made me stronger. That made me better. 
If you're a follower of Jesus, you would say, that drew me closer to my Lord and Savior. I promise you this, that most of you, if you think back to a time in your life where you were the closest in your walk with Jesus, it was probably during a trial. It was probably during a challenging and difficult time. And maybe you, like myself, would look back at some of those difficult times of life, like what we went through in Indiana, and, and you would say this, I would never choose that for me or anyone else, but God used that in my life. God did something in me. God wasn't doing something to me. Right now, I want to share a story with you of a family here at Orchard Church that experienced that very thing. They went through some trials and difficulties, but what they realized was God wasn't trying to do something to us. God was trying to do something in us. I was born and raised Catholic, but I've always known that God was always there, and everything that we had was because of Him, this planet, the earth, people, every possession that we own is what He's allowed us to have. My dad saw the Bible as history, and so um, I knew a lot about the Bible. Um, we didn't attend church, but I believed in God growing up. Um, when I got married, um, to my first husband, um, we believe, I believed, but he also didn't believe in church, so I never attended church until I met Sean. November 24, 2008, um, my 19-year-old son was killed in a car accident. I started questioning God at that time. Um, how could he take my son? And then within a few months, um, my husband, the father of my two boys, um, decided he didn't want to be married anymore. Within a few months after that, I couldn't afford the house that my children were raised in. So my 15-year-old and I moved into a trailer and we were going to start a whole new life. Then by September, um, I found out I had breast cancer. By the time I had breast cancer, I had turned my back on God. Um, I had done all the yelling and screaming and why are you taking everything from me, but when I had breast cancer, I was done. In 2010, my son had a friend and her dad decided to become my best friend. And he kept saying he was gonna pray over me and I kept saying, I don't care if you pray, just don't do it where I can hear it. He just kept bringing God back into my life and introducing him back to me and I kept fighting him all the way and then um, a little later on after we met I suffered a massive heart attack and they told him I probably wouldn't survive and that's when Sean said you know God's trying to get your attention and he has plans for you you really need to listen. I'm not a clinical psychologist I'm not a um, psychotherapist. I just know that there was God and I knew that God wasn't the one causing the pain. The biggest message that I tried to explain to Lori was no matter what, he's there. Um, her son Wade is gone. God is still there. God did not take Wade and if God chose for that to be Wade's time, there's a reason that we may never understand. But that's God's will. We had God, and He's going to provide for us financially. He's going to provide for us spiritually and mentally. And it took a long time for me to 
get Lori to understand that once you've given yourself in, in your belief and your faith to the Lord, the Lord will take over where we need him to, and he has. John brought me back to God and what he brought. And God brought me Sean. I married him five years ago. And he brought me three more lovely children. I have two more boys and a daughter. And he just brought me back to God and all that he brought for us. We moved to Denver, we started going to Orchard Church, and I was baptized to show my love for God in the first baptisms at the new church. And so my heart is back to God, and my love for Sean is there too. Hey, can we give the Lord a shout of praise for that awesome story? What a great story to remind us that sometimes when bad and horrible things happen in our life, God is not trying to do something to us, but God is trying to do something in us to draw us to himself. As we wrap this up this morning, we can all be so guilty. I can too at times. We can be so quick to ask the question, why does God allow so many bad things to happen? But shouldn't we be quicker to ask this question, why does God allow so many good things to happen? So many wonderful blessings in our life. The Bible tells us that the gospel means good news. Gospel is good news. And the good news is that God has allowed some great things to happen in our life, no matter who we are or what we face. Because of our amazing God, he has provided salvation for us. He has provided forgiveness of our sins so we can have our relationship with our creator restored. Our God is so good in his grace and his love and his mercy He's, he's made it possible for us to be redeemed and to be reconciled back to him. There are many good things he's prepared. And no matter what we face, at the end of the day, down here on this earth, the many trials that Jesus talked about, if we know Jesus is our Lord and Savior, listen, church, one day we're going to spend eternity in heaven with God, and there's going to be no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more separation. Amen? We have that to look forward to because of our good God. And I know at times we can be tempted to say, well, but God is, doesn't seem fair. Sometimes God isn't fair, and I would agree. God isn't fair, but he is absolutely just. And I'm glad he's not fair, because if God was fair, we would all get what we deserve because of our sin. And here's the good news. Here's what Psalm 103.10 says. He, our God, does not punish us for all our sins. Can we say an amen to that? He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for his unfailing love toward those who fear him. He has removed our sins as far as from, as from us as the east is from the west. Why has God done that, our good God? Because God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. Can we celebrate that this morning, Orchard Church? Amen. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, your love. We thank you for the reminder that whatever you bring us to, you, you'll bring us through. And that you're not trying to do something to us, but in us. And that we can trust you even in the times we cannot trace you. May our faith be increased. May those with trials and struggles right now be encouraged. So we continue in an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed and we'll be looking around for a moment. Maybe some of you...
could really relate to this message today. And you'd say, you know, I'm going through something in my life right now that I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem fair. It's difficult. I'd like the privilege to pray for you. Pray that you would grow closer in your walk with the Lord. And this will be an opportunity for your faith to grow. And that you'd know that you have a God who never leaves you or forsakes you. Can I pray for you right now? If you say, yes, I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a difficult time. Would you slip up your hand all across this auditorium and say, I, I could use some prayer. I'm going through something I don't understand right now. God bless you. Hands everywhere. God bless you. Let me pray for you. Lord, I just lift up all those today that are facing some of the many trials that you told us we would face. But I pray that they would embrace the truth that in your son Jesus, we can have peace amidst the storms of life. That even when the storms and circumstances around us are, are raging, we don't understand them, we can hold on to you, that you are anchor, that you are rock, that you are strength, that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with us and you comfort us. And may we be comforted, may we be encouraged with that truth today. So we continue an attitude of prayer. I want to talk to some of you right now that maybe you're going through some difficulties and challenges in your life and God has allowed them to happen because just like Lori in the video, God's trying to get your attention. He loves you that much. He's not trying to do something to you. He's trying to do something in you to draw you to a personal relationship with him. And if you've never said yes to Jesus to invite him into your life as Lord and Savior, that's where it all begins. You're, you're never going to have peace in this world without him. But the good news is, no matter what you face in this life, if you know Jesus, you can still have strength. You can still have faith. You can still have peace. You can have joy that is unspeakable, peace that passes all understanding that this world is looking for but doesn't know how to find. And the good news is this, no matter what you've done, you might even say, yeah, but I brought some of these things on my, myself. I've made some bad decisions, and that's why I'm dealing with these things. Well, here's the good news today. Our God today is not trying to judge you. He's trying to save you because he loves you. He doesn't want to punish you. He wants to remove your sins so you can have a relationship with him. And if that's you today, you know who you are. If God's speaking to you in that way, I want to invite you to say yes to Jesus today. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, and, and one of the ways we call on the Lord is through prayer. And in just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. And I'm going to invite some of you to pray this prayer, to say yes to Jesus today, to invite him into your life as Lord and Savior. This isn't a magic prayer. These aren't magic words we say. But if this prayer comes from your heart of faith, you can invite Jesus into your life today. Things can begin to change today in your life. If that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? It goes like this. Jesus, I'm calling on you today to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want a relationship with you. I'm saying yes to you today. Yes, be my Lord. Yes, be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and forgiving me. Thank you. Thank you. So we continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody looking around for just a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I never want to do that. But if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, that's the most important decision you'll ever make. I would love the privilege to pray for you that you would grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus from this day forward. So I'm going to count to three. And without hesitation, would you slip up your hand? One, two, three. Raise your hands nice and high if you said yes to Jesus today. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir, right here. God bless you over on my right. God bless you. One, two, three, four people back here. God bless you in the very back over there on my left. I see you guys back there. God bless you. Amen.
Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we just pray for all those that are saying yes to you today as Lord and Savior. Lord, we welcome them into the family of God as our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now that they have found you today, we pray that they would follow you in the days ahead. And Lord, that we would all walk out of here today being reminded that you are good all the time and all the time you are good and that you can work all things together for good in our life. For your honor and glory and our good. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, hey, let's celebrate those that said yes to Jesus. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, you just prayed that prayer, you raised your hand, I prayed for you. Again, that's the most important decision you could ever make. And I want to ask you before you leave here today, um, stop by our I Said Yes booth in the lobby. We want to put this book in your hand. It'll help you to understand uh, the decision you made, your next step in following Jesus, because we don't want to just help people find Jesus. We want to help you follow Jesus today. So don't leave here today without us putting this free book in your hand. And Orchard Church, let's celebrate one more time, big time, all those that said yes to Jesus today. God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. Hey, what a great start to our Reasonable Doubt series. Amen. It's going to continue for the next three weekends. And yes, I said three weekends because we have our Saturday night services that we've added for the month of April. So you can come on a weekend. And speaking of weekends, we know that every weekend at Orchard Church is somebody's first weekend here. And if that applies to you today, thank you so much for being here. We recognize the courage it takes to walk through the doors for that first time. And hopefully we've been really good hosts for you today. We want to continue to be good hosts for you today, even after you leave the building. So hopefully you filled out that connection card that's in your newsletter. If you'll drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by a first-time guest, let that be your contribution today. We would love to send you a thank you note and a free gift in the mail just to say Thank you for choosing to spend some time with us. But for now, we're going to go ahead and stand as we close in a song of worship and, and giving of our tithes and our offerings. And if you did say yes to Jesus today or at any point in a recent service here at Orchard Church, now is that perfect time to slip out. Go to that I Said Yes booth in the lobby. Get that I Said Yes booklet and take your next steps in faith. But let's close in a song and, and as we give, because you know what? Giving puts us on mission, and it gives us a part in every I Said Yes story, including the 220 that we saw on Easter weekend. So thank you for giving, and let's worship because God is good all the time. Thank you.